It's Monday, March 22nd, 2021. I'm Tanya Harris, and welcome to TMI Daily, your daily roundup of everything people are talking about online since they aren't allowed to talk about it in person. Trump's spokesperson and deadbeat father, Jason Miller, says that the former president will be launching his own social media network within the next two to three months which, much like his Trump University, will offer low-educated people a place to go so they can find out absolutely nothing of any value. Former Trump White House doctor-turned-far-right Texas Congressman Ronnie Jackson said that President Biden falling up on his way up the stairs to Air Force One last Friday was a red flag for his deteriorating health. This would be concerning if it came from any of the million doctors who never said Donald Trump weighed 239 pounds. According to a new report, Wisconsin Senator and eventual state fair judge Ron Johnson either knowingly or unknowingly spread Russian propaganda during the 2020 presidential campaign, which would be potentially damaging for him if it wasn't already widely accepted that Ron knows nothing at all. Krispy Kreme announced that they are offering free donuts to anyone who has been vaccinated. Who would have guessed that the cause of one epidemic would find the solution to another? The New York Times is abandoning their 77,000 member cooking community Facebook group because it often devolves into drama, debate, and politics, proving once again that if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Despite Christopher Nolan having criticized the platform just a few months ago, on May 1st, his latest film, Tenet, will begin streaming on HBO Max. Even though streaming will make Tenet easier to watch, it still won't make it any more watchable. Billionaire Kylie Jenner is facing backlash for asking fans to donate the cost of her makeup artist's medical bill from a car accident instead of paying the $60,000 bill herself. This will surely cause much debate among her Instagram team as they decide just how far a bikini-clad Kylie will have to bend over in order to regain public support. And the author Clive Irwin said uh, in a documentary that Elizabeth, uh, Queen Elizabeth is closer to Prince Andrew than his older brother Prince Charles, which means that much like Andrew, the queen likes the younger ones better. Warner Media Studio CEO Ann Sarnoff said that there's no plan, no, there are no plans to continue Zack Snyder's vision of the DC universe just days after the release of his critically praised four-hour edit of Justice League, making this the one cut the director wasn't hoping to be a part of. Singer Meatloaf has a new reality competition series coming soon based on his 1993 hit, I'd do anything for love, but I won't do that, that will test couples' relationships. Sorry to break it to you, meat, but anyone who agrees to be on a reality show hosted by someone named after a comfort food who hasn't been relevant in 25 years will probably do that, whatever that is. Now, let's send it over to tonight's TMI Daily cast and crew roundtable. Stay safe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of TMI Daily. I'm Veronica Yellow, and as always, I'm joined by my TMI Daily crew. Let's go around and say hello to everyone watching at home or listening to our TMI Daily podcast. Let's start with you, Pete. Um, on Sunday, Veronica cut my hair and we're six for six. <laughs> <laughs> we're six for six. 
not one not one horrible tragedy involving my hair. I mean, it's it's a little short. Congratulations! Not one horrible tragedy. <laughs> I'm still waiting for my tip. By the way, Elizabeth. Wow. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to forget? Dirty. I need a That's going to be my tip. How you how you getting on me? She said she. Oh, so it's so it's a penis joke. Oh, I get it. Oh, so Lee Peter's above a penis joke. Oh yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, (laughs) I just like a eyebrow over here. I only do intellectual. Actually, referring to a calculation. I need one. (laughs) I'm really impressed because I'm over two on my hair. Your hair looked like mine when this started. Uh, happy Monday and uh, <laughs> go on down to flapperscomedy.com to get tickets for tomorrow's show. It's a celebrity drop-in show at 7 p.m. Pacific and you can be there over Zoom. But hopefully if everybody gets enough uh, vaccines, we can start doing those in person again. That'd be cool, right? Yeah. Now, Elizabeth, what is a celebrity drop-in show? Does this mean a celebrity dropping drop-in in? show up on Zoom? I don't, I guess so. I don't know who's dropping in, though. Yeah, they never like, say until the date. So, like, I could be, up. if I get a ticket tomorrow, which I should, because everybody should get a ticket. Yes, this yes. Like, I could be on screen with, I don't know, like, Sarah Silverman or Bill Barr. That's bad. Yeah. Wait, it's, it's, it's Flappers? Wait, Bill Barr, do you mean Bill Burr? Bill Burr, I mean, not Bill, Bill Barr. Bill Barr, Bill Barr. Bill Barr. Bill Barr. he's got a tight five. five. He really does. <laughs> I met the former attorney, attorney general who really is at the comedy. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a, like, got a really, a really tight solid five. tight five. What if he had a, what if he had a good set though? How would that? I fun? mean, he was in the Trump <laughs> administration. He must have a good set. Joe. Hi everyone listening on Google Podcasts, and a very happy National Goof Off Day. Uh, as, as you can see from my background, I really didn't bother trying. Uh, <laughs> what are they goofing so, off at work for? Get back to work. It is, it is actually, it's funny because good. March 22nd is National Goof Off Day, and then we got April Fool's coming up. What is it about the spring that everyone just wants to go fuck off? You're free oh, from wait, your and, winter and shackles. A celebrity drop-in at Flappers? Probably Jeff Garland. Probably. <laughs> oh, I wish. He just lays on the couch. I, I mean, love Jeff Garland. He drops in all the time. He he dropped in all the time at Flappers and Burbank. So only one way to find out. I'm gonna have to get a ticket now. What if it is Jeff Garland? Then I could do my impression of him. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chris. Uh, what's up, everybody? Uh, it is Monday. I have been vaccinated first round, and uh, I feel all right. Good. Hopefully, good. hopefully I won't die. Your tail doing okay? My tail? Yeah, the new oh, tail you grew from the vaccine. Ooh. Oh, it, it did grow a couple inches. But did yeah. you did you get the uh, welcome message already from um from Bill Gates? It's it's really great. <laughs> no, but my five G is working amazing. Oh yeah, you'll, you'll, get, you'll get the welcome message tonight in your dreams. It's wonderful. <laughs> oh whoa! whoa. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. And Mr. Ian. Oi oi. <laughs> What's all these things? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're all like, going downtown. <laughs> trying to lean into like the Mary Poppins, like mm-hmm. Jolly Holiday look here. Yeah, um, I love it. <laughs> I'm getting my second. I'm getting my second Pfizer shot on Friday. Congratulations! Uh, so excited. Hey. Philip says that that um, Ian looks like the cartoonist from Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> <laughs> he, he put up a photo. Picture. It's amazing. <laughs> It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Photo up, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see it. 
Okay, so it was a busy weekend for news. So let's start tonight's show with just one question, in which I ask one question about some of today's biggest stories. Trump spokesperson Jason Miller claims that Donald Trump is starting his own social media network, which will be released in about two to three months. So my question to you tonight is, is that two to three months kind of like his two weeks till we see his health insurance plan? Or will he really be starting a new social media network? Elizabeth, what are your thoughts? Is that going to be the day of his inauguration for the Real America? Or? Oh, possibly. Yeah. Sort of an ever-shifting target because you never, you, know, you got to be flexible with these things. Hmm? Pete, yeah, there's there's no shot he actually puts out a social media network because I I, I mean because the, the reality of this is he's never done anything that 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 actually succeeded except for f- fail to win a presidency and become president. Um, so I, I really genuinely think that this is some kind of pressure on like Twitter and Facebook to let him back on so that he'll so so that he won't go up against. This is kind of like what he's doing with the Republican Party by by saying he might run again. So he's just freezing social media now to, to try and get them to to let him back on, because what would what would even be the point of him starting his own social media network? I mean, they already have Parler and he didn't join that. So, I mean, I don't know. Wait, let me ask you this. So are you saying that Trump is lying? No. No, see, I think it is. See, this is the thing. I think people get this all wrong. I don't think Trump actually lies. I think Trump makes himself believe everything he's saying, and then he says it. So I don't don't think he's ever once thought that anything he said was a lie, because in his sick, fucked mind, he really thinks all of it's true. Hmm, Okay. Chris? Uh, I, for one, and I know this is you know, unpopular opinion, but I kind of hope that he starts his own like social media app. That would be amazing because hopefully that would mean like at least 60% of the craziness that is on regular people's social media will like just escape to his app and they can all just, you know, cross reference their bullshit to each other. Talk about, you know, how Hillary is a murderer and everybody's a pedophile and Trump's the savior of the world. And they can just, you know, cycle their own bullshit and just stay away from everybody else. Cause like literally it's from what I've seen on social media, they need to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Joe. I mean, uh, to be honest, though, is it, it's, it won't work because they won't have anybody to fight. They're all going to be like, yeah, 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 you know, they're, they're you know, uh, Tom Hanks is eating babies and everyone else is going to be like, yeah. Well, he is. And, um, <laughs> and, then you got, and, then, and then you still need advertisers. So after you, my pillow, who else is going to advertise on there? No, I, I mean, really, it's going to be a lot of huge, it's not going to be a lot of big money ads. So you're going to have little money ads and then you have a bunch of people are all sitting on the room that all agree about something. And it's not going to last that long. I mean, the whole point of social media is to troll and to like, like, I mean, that's what people want to do. If they can't do that, it's going to be like, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm in a room with a bunch of other people like now, now, if you're going to organize like uh, an attempted coup, it might work, but that's not going to last long either. So, I mean, I think it's kind of a bad idea. I mean, just this whole, I don't, I don't think that you'd be able to sustain it. But maybe. It's sort but of like, it's, it's going to be, you know, like, now, it's going to be like Republican Quibi. But maybe. <laughs> channel. That, that's really it. But here's the thing. Here's the thing that it might work, though. If, the, if all these crazies, like, 
talk to each other long enough and start hearing and really realizing some of the shit that they say, maybe it'll like turn them around and be. Oh, and they, no, oh no, no, it's no, a you're putting them all in the same room point. now, and it you're is, saying, "Oh no, no this is okay, good. this is cool." No, what yeah. you're saying is absolutely right. Did, did yeah. anybody see the, the 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 first episode of the new QAnon uh, documentary on the? No, I'm planning to watch some of it, and then I yeah. could. If, if you watch that and you realize there's nothing that they could come up with that, that these people won't believe, won't believe, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it's just That's nothing. True. Dan, do you want to say something? Oh, I just, well, I mean, I think we've had similar, the blaze, I think, was really similar to something that Trump would do, although, um, now I'm forgetting his name, the guy who started it, he seems to have changed his stance on Trump. Uh, He's still a piece of shit. That's a whole other thing. Yes, Glenn Beck. Um, uh, I I could see them doing it. It would, yeah, it'd be an echo chamber, of course, but so is MSNBC, let's be honest. Okay. Um, Elizabeth, did you want to add something? Oh, no, I was going to make a joke after Chris's thing where, like, oh, they'll all go over there. I'm like, yeah, whoever reported me for making a joke about Madison Cawthorn that got me in Twitter jail for 12 hours can <laughs> fuck off to that app. <laughs> what what did he have to do to get in jail on, on Trump social media? So, I don't know. I mean, it's to me, it's not nearly as bad as the things other people do. But um, for reference, there is video of Madison Cawthorn punching a tree for... <laughs> whatever manly reason he's doing that um and then he he tweeted something about like oh joe biden says we'll be allowed to celebrate the fourth of july this year well i i don't take orders from him i celebrate the fourth whenever i want and i all i typed was go punch a tree you weirdo and that got me locked down for 12 hours and i had to delete the tweet i was can't Hashtag canceled. Cancel like culture doesn't work because I didn't it get anything done that day. It wasn't that you called him day. an asshole. It's that you told him to go punch trees and he's in a bar. Yeah, I mean, like, if you had said, go fuck yourself, you crippled douchebag, uh, that would have looked bad. I, would, I routinely checked that thread and the, the top tweet above the one in the timeline that I, I tweeted, the one that still was there, what I checked several times was, I wish your other half was paralyzed. Oh! <laughs> now, come on! Shouldn't that have also been reported and taken that's, down? Oh, see, that's the thing. That one's witty. Yeah, yeah see, mine was <laughs> dumb. You're just mean. You're just mean. That's why. Oh, be, and it, sorry, I, it was tagged Punch and reported. Punch a tree, you weirdo, is... Okay. Punch a tree, you weirdo, was tagged, and uh, uh, the reason given was I was advocating self-harm. <laughs> Oh, and I, in an earnest, like, good faith, I was like, is that a euphemism that I don't know? Have you punched a tree? It hurts. (laughs) And so I tried Googling if punch a tree was something related to suicide. Do you think we can stop that? Can we make that a euphemism? Now, if you would have went on Reddit and would have went on our tree punching, you would have seen exactly how how dangerous it is. Yeah. But yeah, oh no, there's so, a little nineteen year old girl, or not not nineteen, like a little nine year old girl in Russia who punches logs and, and like doesn't even face yeah. it. So is that really self harm? Because this bitch is wild. So yeah, I was an I of all people was in Twitter jail for not even that good of a joke at the end of the day. Don't worry, Veronica gets herself in the Twitter jail like once a month or so. Veronica! Really? I don't remember that. Shut down your account. You know what? I I used to get put in Twitter Twitter jail when Trump was in office. And every time I would like tweet something to Donnie Jr., I used to get, because I I hate that guy with like every ounce of my being. And I just, but like you said, Elizabeth, I've seen worse things. Like, but somehow, I mean, people just kind of choose like who they want to report yeah, and whatnot. Yeah. 
And then, you know, I tried to contest it the last time. And then they were just like, well, we'll get back to you or whatever. But once, wasn't I in jail for like three days? Like three full oh, wow. days. Because yeah, you didn't want, you weren't going to take down the post. I wasn't, yeah, I was like, I'm not taking it down. I'm not taking it. I'm like, I'd rather just get off of Twitter instead. I was so surprised and confused that I didn't see if there was an option to not take it down. I don't know if there wasn't because it was considered self-harm and they theoretically tried to police that. But um, they plenty of dudes tell women to, you know, get murdered or get raped or all these other horrible things. I was going to ask if the other tweet that you mentioned before, was that a male tweet? I think it was. Uh, I know it was a gentleman tweeting that. Uh, and I, uh, a whiff of misogyny is there. Considering who you're a, tweeting at, it could, that could be a reason, you know? Mm. I mean? There's a great meme going around lately. It's got uh, Patrick Swayze from ghost. And it says, when you're in Twitter jail, you just got, you got to watch everyone else's bullshit, but you can't respond. Yeah. That's what I was like. <laughs> It was so frustrating. <laughs> it's okay, Elizabeth. You'll make it through. It's not that. Uh, the, uh, prison has changed me. <laughs> I've, I've heard. I've you got heard. a Twitter. You got a Twitter shank. You got a- <laughs> I got a little bird tattooed on my. Yeah, mind. she's getting a little. She's getting a tear on the yeah, little bird. Bird. <laughs> a little bird. No, Elizabeth, you show it to all with fucking straight back. This one's from Madison Cawthorn. <laughs> Don't, don't know how many times I told Trump tomorrow. to get fucked, but, you know, oh that's goodness. all I said. That's hilarious. She's going to show the show, show tomorrow with fucking straight back cornrows. And <laughs> what happened to Elizabeth? She was in Twitter <laughs> jail, man. <laughs> fucked her up good. Let's move on to delicious Krispy Kreme. <laughs> so Krispy Kreme is offering a free donut a day to anyone who has been vaccinated. My question is, what would this do more? Entice more people to get vaccinated? or cause more people to take the word pre away from the sentence, my doctor diagnosed me with pre-diabetes. <laughs> um, oh, no, Ian was waving his hand. I don't even like Krispy Kreme that much, but I love free. I'm I'm on this. I'm so... <laughs> oh I'd like to point out that that, uh, that oh. over half this panel is going to go get donuts tomorrow. Sorry, Dragon Peter. <laughs> Boss. I, I, I hate Chris. Trash. Chris Green is trash. Oh, it is. It's garbage, but yeah. it's like, really like, good. Have, have you ever had a real good donut? I don't know. Well, no, yeah, I have. I, I, I have. Well, yeah, I know. It's, Krispy Kreme isn't, isn't the great, but I will stand outside and wait for that hot, fresh now light to come on, and yeah, then I'll like, walk my way that. in. It's hot and fresh. We all agree it's better than Duncan, though, at least. Oh, for sure. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Elizabeth. Um, yeah, I, I've seen people joke, and it's kind of true, like, it's a decent incentive to get people to be like, well, if you get vaccinated, you do get a free, people love free shit, <laughs> even a donut. I I, it is um, a good idea, yeah. But then on the other, uh, I've also seen people kind of criticize, uh, fairly or unfairly, it depends the whole, you know, yes, obesity is one of the like qualifying conditions in California and I think many other states and so it's sort of I it's weird to like make fun of people for a thing that get them vaccinated I don't know I wrote the best joke in the monologue though so I don't care (laughs) (laughs) you know I I love this idea though I mean if you think about it um what we need to do is get companies that are geared towards the people that don't want to get the vaccine yeah. to give out something free for the vaccine. Like, like maybe we're going to give like out a free, a free pistol holster. 
Yes. Uber, uh, you know, like <laughs> maybe we'll give out a free truck lift or uh, everyone that gets a vaccine gets a don't mess with Texas ball cap. <laughs> now, now that's a motherfucking, now that's a motherfucking surprise right there. That's what I'm saying. That <laughs> Pete, what were you saying? No, I said they should, maybe if they start giving out the vaccines at monster truck rallies, like inside Bigfoot. Like you could you, you oh, get to see yeah, Bigfoot and get a shot. Yeah, you get your picture with Bigfoot. There's a, there's a nurse here hiding. Just she's like. Can we get Chuckasaurus? Can we get Chuckasaurus instead? Yeah, but I I also I I I know everyone's like ah you'll get you get diabetes from donuts whatever I just the fact that people are like offering something enticing for people to get vaccinated I don't think it's a bad idea I mean not at all yeah. I think if, if Fox News told told to all of the, the people that aren't getting vaccinated that they have less chance of having inbreeding, like uh, like uh, having mental mental um, issues with their inbreeding, then by getting the vaccine, they'd get it. All the royal family would line up. Yeah, like the whole family would go together. <laughs> to get y'all ain't shit. Y'all ain't shit. Y'all fucked up. <laughs> no, seriously. If, if, Fox News, if Fox News got out there and said, listen, uh, enough, enough people that aren't vaccinated get a vaccine and Tucker Carlson will do an entire – Episode shirtless. There'll be a bunch of guys like going, "Oh hell oh. yeah!" <laughs> Ooh, people want to see Tucker Carlson shirtless. <laughs> I'm just some these are celebrities. These are celebrities right now. You could be like, if you get a vaccine, you get a free naked picture of Rihanna, and if you're a lady, you get a free naked picture. Yeah, that's of not going to work Jordan. with the Fox News crowd. <laughs> that's not going to work with the Fox News. I ain't talking about Fox News. I'm talking about regular people. Okay, regular people are okay. They're not. They're getting the vaccine. Nah, that's not true. I just want to say, if Diet like, Coke wants to give me free sodas for getting a vaccine, I'm, you know where to find me. Like maybe it's, if they put maybe like free Coca Cola, free boudoir know. photos of Judge Janine for, for the vaccine. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, speaking of plastic, people are criticizing Kylie Jenner after instead of paying for it herself, she promoted a GoFundMe page to help her makeup artist pay sixty thousand dollars worth of medical bills after a car accident. My question is, even though Kylie Jenner is worth a billion dollars, should she be guilted into paying medical costs for someone who works with her? Ian? I don't think she should be guilted, but I think the fact that she didn't offer it is pretty pretty sad. I mean, she's yeah. worth so much fucking money. Yeah. That's a drop in the bucket to her. But this is a common thing. You see like celebrities sharing like these funding things for people where they're like, Everybody needs to donate to save the earth. I'm like, why don't you give up 10% of your fucking $100 million fortune? How's that sound? It's just, it's a, you know, it's just people get used to having money. They don't want to part with it. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. gross. But she's not, not doing anything wrong. That's like $50 of her. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. Yeah. like it fell yeah. out of her pocket on the way yeah. to the car. You know, it's, 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 it's funny because I, I uh, the trend that I've seen, because I'm an old man, the trend that I've seen is that the person who, who was poor and got rich is much more generous in that way than the person who was born into being rich and was nice. always rich. Oh, yeah. I and mean, you always hear the stories about, about how Elvis, who was, I mean, they were dirt poor, but he would like, you know, give, he gave all of his like staff Cadillacs and things like that. And, and, and these are true stories. You know, you look at uh, Bill Gates and, and the amount of money he gives in this foundation and all these, a lot of people like that. But then you see that generation that was born in the money, always had the money, things like that. And, and they're just not as generous. And I, and I wonder if you're losing something, 
in, you know, being raised in that, in that kind of environment. You know what I mean? Like, like, like if I had that kind of money and this is, this is not somebody that she doesn't know heard about and like is helping to promote. This is somebody she personally knows. Kind of. There's a, there's a deeper explanation, but still, I mean, it's not like there's a connection, you know what I mean? And if I would have heard that story and it would have been connected to me, like, even if I was in like, you know, somebody that that I had the money now, and then somebody I used to work with the team my years ago, something happened. I probably would have donated at least yeah. something. At least, well, I even lose a part of it. I'm just saying the whole point is, it just seems really part of a deeper thing that I think is just a problem. I mean, I, I really wish there would be a little bit more compassion in that way. She's got a ton of money, and sixty thousand dollars is nothing. Like like every car that she owns is probably worth way more than sixty thousand dollars, and she probably has like seven of them. So hey, not her Toyota Corolla. <laughs> I mean, it's I, don't think, I don't think I don't think she's ever touched a Toyota Corolla. To be honest with you, I think, I think I if a Toyota Corolla came by, she would be like, "Ew." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so the uh, I agree. I agree. With the the deeper explanation, according to her, is that she uh, never intentionally asked fans for the money. She posted this explanation on her Instagram or whatever. So um, the guy, the guy who was injured in the accident, no longer her makeup artist, like hasn't been for a couple of years or something like that. Sure. His friend, exactly. <laughs> His friend posted about it. They were originally only asking for 10 grand. She put them over the top with, by donating five grand to finish out the, they already had six grand. She donated, put them over the top. This is all what she's saying, by the way, just so, you know, grain of salt there and maybe as well. So um, she did a five grand. She's just like, yeah, yeah, here you go. She got the five grand that was in that was in her purse. Sneezed out, sneezed <laughs> in the five Check grand. Check in my car seat. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, and she reposted it or whatever. All that said, I do agree with Joe. I think you know, just fucking pay for it. You got the money, and also, none of this would be a fucking issue if we had universal health care in the first place. <laughs> Agreed on that. Agreed on that. But also, like, I don't care if he's not her makeup artist now. It was there right. was a connection. And someone she knew and had a connection with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I see what's fuzzy is, and I don't have all the, the full quote in front of me is, okay, so you put it over the top with your donation and they were asking for more. Why not just fucking round it out yourself? You were already put them over the top with what you gave. And they were like, well, actually, he needs more because it was like some kind of catastrophic, I think, brain injury or something like that. It's like, just fucking pay for it. And I know people are like, you shouldn't demand money from billionaires. It's not a random person demanding money from her. It's someone she knew. Yeah. And it wasn't being demanded like, like, one no, they weren't one, trying right? to like, like, her. Through a friend and a friend. Yeah. It was just like, yeah. But it's just a whole point. Of just even if you just heard about it and that, that's still like a drop in a bucket. I mean, yeah. you know, go check under the couch cushion. There's probably 60 grand. Yeah. Cause it's basically her current makeup artist was like, uh, oh, did you hear about Steve? Steve got yeah. hit by a fucking car and, uh, and needs a bunch of medical help. And that's where she should have been like, oh, shit, I, I used Kylie to like Jenner Steve. If I had Kylie Jenner money and I heard that, the, the first thing I would be like, get 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 him on the phone. Yeah. You know, yeah, I I knew what all, with, with all of them, I mean, the fact that, I mean, I'm just speaking for myself, but the fact that they're so hateable because they flaunt their money all the time. It's not yeah. like just regular celebrities that, okay, you know, like certain people have a lot more money, like some celebrities have more money than others, but this family has made it their goal to just flaunt 
everything. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's, it's absolutely, and again, but I'm also one that like, I shouldn't, I don't ever like expect somebody to do whatever, like I should, I think they should be doing with their money. No, it's their money. And she shouldn't be guilted. I can't believe I'm actually like, you know, kind of sort of taking her side. But I think that the problem is because of, of who it is that they mm-hmm. always have to just flaunt the wealth. I mean, the kids, the babies, you know, wearing like a hundred thousand dollars worth of clothes, not necessary to put that out there, but again, but that's how they make their money and that's who they are. And because they're so hated, I think that's why so many people see a problem with this, at least for me, and, that's my take on it. And the issue is ever, so many people have to turn to GoFundMe for medical bills. Yes. Yeah. That's a whole nother show. That's a whole other issue. My my thing of them being so hated is that they don't they like like they they were so aloof that they did not see like like they didn't even see this was like a problem. They didn't they didn't see what was going on. Yeah, that's the thing. And and I'm with Philip on this one because I thought the same thing when I first heard the story. These people will do anything for publicity and to get their name out there. I mean. Let's, you know, that's how, that's who they are. So I think it's a little bit of that too, Pete. And then I want to go to Chris. Um, well, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to kind of go along with you. I'm going to do something I very rarely do. I'm going to defend uh, one of the mm-hmm. Kardashian Jenners, um, but I want to do it in my own way. So I'm going to do it the way I would, I would like to do it. Um, okay. There was a movie that came out in 1985 called about last night um, that was then remade years later. And it wasn't a very good movie. It had Rob Lowe in it. It had Debbie Moore in it. It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't a very good movie, but there's one great line in the movie that that sums up the Kardashians as a whole. Um, at one point, Jim Belushi says to um, to um, Elizabeth Perkins, who you know people might remember from Big, he looked at her and he said, if you didn't have a pussy, there'd be a bounty on your head. Um, and, and so... <laughs> And so I kind of think of the Kardashians that way. But at the same time, I think to myself that, you know, that, that, you know, they're just, they're, they're kind of like their whole brand is based on being like, like self-absorbed assholes. Um, And so the thought that anybody would get upset that she's not being a self-absorbed asshole is shocking. I mean, it's shocking that she's actually staying on brand and doing exactly what what they all do all the time. Now, now that being said, here's where I'm going to defend her. One of her tweets usually costs one hundred thousand dollars plus. Um, for a company. So her putting out a tweet about anything just makes these morons that, that, that follow everything they do and, you know, like go, go crazy and give, you know, give them money for whatever else. So if she put out a tweet or then retweeted it again, she kind of gave him $200,000 worth of publicity, which probably is going to, Gonna give him more money than 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 he's ever going to. Well, no, the frustration. He's going to go pay his doctor with publicity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, doctor. I'm gonna. I, I don't have any cash. But, but the, the issue is, if she can, if she can afford it, and she already donated, but then she's asking other people to donate. She could have done all that, but it's off brand. They don't do nice things for people. That's not their shtick. Like their shtick is to be self-absorbed assholes. And so when they do things like, like that's why, like we laugh when we hear stuff about like Kim Kardashian talking about being becoming a lawyer so she can fight for social justice because it sounds so fucking stupid that she would actually say something like that. So why, why do anything that's on brand and that's not on, on I'm, brand? I'm so glad that my cardiologist said I said to my cardiologist hey i'm gonna mention you on tmi daily so all, all of this is free right <laughs> <laughs> what up dr p kaiser 
reality is, you know, by, because she's tweeting it out to a hundred and something million people, uh, it, she's, I mean, or Instagramming it out to that many people, they, they're going to donate. They're going to give him this guy more money than he needs. Right. But the, uh, the, the transfers the onus onto random people to give up their money to a, this person when she yeah. could do it herself. Well, I, I don't disagree with that. But it's at the same time, it's like like anything else. She's she's going to be what she is, and, and what she is is a vapid c- c- word. I, I didn't okay, say okay. it, but that's yeah, what she is. a little. We're last. <laughs> <laughs> There's some people you could you could use that reference with. And that's, oh, she, I use that word all the time, especially when it comes to that. Oh, you got to hear Veronica Ver- uses that word a lot. You know what? You're making me sound pretty bad today. <laughs> I know. We all know you're secretly a savage. This poor gentleman that was hit by a car, what was his name? Uh, actually, I don't have it in front of me, but... Um, let's find out his name so we can mention him on the show. Uh, he's already got enough plugs, we're good. And, and, there, and therefore, he can he can use that to pay for his brain damage. Uh, he, got, he, got a, he, got a, he got a Kardashian plug, he good. There we he, go. He good. Okay, so let's go to Chris, and then I want to move on to our main story. Go ahead, okay. Chris. Okay, so three things. One... I think what Pete said uh, is absolutely correct. Like, yes, she didn't donate money, but the fact that she did tweet about it or that she did put it out there, she used her power of celebrity to get it out there. He probably will make more money. And on top of that, too, whomever the doctor that that does the job will probably do a pro bono, which is also going to get publicity to that that office or that hospital and things of that nature. So it's probably going to put more money into that uh-huh. hospital just because of that. So that's one thing. Second thing is, is how long have these people been rich? How are you going to only donate 5000 First of all, tax write-off. If you don't do nothing else, if, if your charity is not from the real heart, if nothing else, it's a tax write-off. She could have donated 100000 and got the one of the biggest tax write-offs, especially right now when everybody's you know looking for any kind of way to cut corners. I mean, look at Trump. Trump was paying like, what, 50 bucks a year or some shit like that in tax write-offs? Like, this is, some, this is like rich shit. Thirdly, this is this is the third thing you don't put the shit out there to the public you know what i mean like do like a little private rich people gathering fundraiser like some bruce wayne shit you know what i mean for only rich people that you have a little gala for this person and shit like that because here's the thing even if they even if like you know here's the thing because you one you would look charitable the press would hear about it and on top of that, like you wouldn't look like the grubby rich bitch from Calabasas. Don't, so no, three no, things don't, that you don't do up. that. Raza Ghoul will burn your house down. It don't matter. The fact <laughs> is that she tries. She can hire. You know what? Matter of fact, she can have a fucking charity ball. Hire gangsters to come in and wreck the shit and still look good. Okay. <laughs> as long as nobody finds that paper trail, she would still look good. So that's really my whole point. Is like I, I, I feel what y'all are saying. Like. You know, uh, 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 the fact that she didn't donate or that she put out the GoFundMe, that's where I think she fucked up. You shouldn't have put that out there to the public if you were only going to donate 5000 You know what I mean? Because, like, yes, your publicity is good, but here's the thing. That's never going to be enough, okay? When people know that you are a billionaire, you just saying, hey, help out my friend is not enough in the eyes of people, especially when they know you got yeah. you pay that fucking those bills three times over and never miss it. If she'd have given him $60,000, that would have been the end of the story. But now we wouldn't be sitting here talking about her. That's the oh, thing. I know. Yeah. yeah that's if that, if she'd have donated more. I know. It's like they can't They can't do like just quietly be like, no. oh, shit. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. You can still Steve's, be loud about it. That's what I'm saying. Like Sam, have a little, have a little rich person gala 
then let TMZ know what you're doing, and they would have put it out there, and you still would have got a publicity you wanted, and you still would have looked good. But now you kind of look like a cheap ass bitch because you only donated five thousand. Like, yeah, you put them over their goal, but come on, five thousand ain't shit. I yeah, have every, day, every day with you when you leave the house, five thousand. Like literally, she probably just like, oh, go my purse. I got five thousand. There, just put that. I mean, you could have knocked on doors in their neighborhood in Calabasas. Like, Facts. Facts. <laughs> Listen, one door, the next door, next door neighbor. Like, hey, I need five thousand. Oh, sure, here you go. I know you're good for it. Like, <laughs> we got we got sixty three thousand dollars and a dozen eggs from Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say there's I, there's a surefire way to, to to solve all these medical bills. All you gotta do is get Supreme to stamp their logo on it, and people <laughs> just snap that shit up. I'm telling you, man, they put it on bricks. Come on, that's all you can do. Put Supreme on it. Good. Supreme will buy your medical debt. Boom, hip is medical Supreme will debt sell ever. your medical debt, and yeah. they'll just everybody's good. Yeah, just put Supreme on it. Slap it across the top. You're good. Also, she was low key disrespectful. How are you gonna go and go for GoFundMe? That's for that's for regular people. You you can't do you can't start a GoFundMe when you rich as fuck. That's for no, it's regular the, uh, makeup people. Artists who started I, no, I, I don't give a shit. I don't she did, she did not start the GoFundMe. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that's about it's also too the motherfucker who was her probably her uh, uh, makeup artist. They probably make a good money too. Like low key, you but they're know, no longer working with her. Don't matter. He probably had enough in savings. Freelance work is hard. I, I don't begrudge them that. Yeah, Again, the national health care system would eliminate. Yeah, but you got literally resume. all these problems. I have, that's I that's have a whole other show. If, this, if we would have a national health care system, we wouldn't be talking about this. Yeah, it's really never wouldn't that be nice? The There's no line. way that he wasn't getting work. There's no, you have Kylie Jenner on your resume. People are going to see. It doesn't matter if you had you still. It's on the resume. She may not be a current client, but she is on the resume. And, and people look with. The shit that like all her brands and things that she's gonna put out, just having it on your resume probably Listen, get him in the green for a long time. But, but Chris, half the NBA has had Kylie on their resume and that didn't do anything for them. Sir. Oh. Sir. <laughs> Sir. Wow. Yeah, man. Wow. I mean, I mean, Sir, that's yeah. big cloud in the, that's big in the European <laughs> league, but <laughs> I am, I'm wrong. Like, hasn't she dated like nine different guys in the NBA? Ken is, I think Kendall's oh, dated like five, more. five of them are like yep. playing in Greece now. So, you know, <laughs> now I know we have to move on, but I just have to ask a quick question, Joe. Why would Justin Bieber donate eggs instead of anything else? Remember, when, remember when he used to egg his neighbors in Calabasas? Oh, oh God. God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, deep cut. Deep cut, but the people in Calabasas have never they, forgotten. That's true. The Calabasans never forget. Ferrari drive by, they're like, fuck you. That's what I'm talking about, man. He lowered the property value. Now he lives in the black part of Calabasas. Which, again, we've never been to. Okay, so let's move on to our main story tonight. For the last 20 years since DVDs replaced videotapes, more and more film studios as marketing tools have allowed directors to create what is called director's cut edits of their films to add to the theater release versions. Possibly the most talked about director's cut of all time is Zack Snyder's version of the 2017 box office disappointment Justice, Justice League, which premiered on HBO Max last week to mostly critical and audience praise. Tonight, we wanted to talk about the history of the director's cut and decide which version of a film is a definitive one, the studio's version or the director's. So first, can anyone explain what a director's cut is and how it differs from the movies we see in the theaters? Ian, let's start with you. 
So um, the reason there's director's cuts is because a lot of times if you're making a film for a big studio like Warner Brothers or Paramount, they have a lot of say in how the film comes out. And they may disagree with what your edit is and what scenes are added or subtracted. Um, Blade Runner is probably one of the most famous ones because it was one of the first ones that came out. Um, they did like the studio added a voiceover track because they didn't think people would understand the story, um, which is not something that that um, that he wanted the director. So it's mainly it's just these directors who like, you know, it's usually cult films because it's like there's a fan base that wants to see the original vision or whatever. And then uh, this guy gets it. I mean, actually, he's done like there's like four different versions. There's so many Blade Runner ones. Yeah. Blade Runner, if you will. There's eight. Yeah. And, I, and you know, final yeah, I, I, that, that was one of the things I found out. If you look at Lucas, yes, now Lucas versions that Ridley Scott did himself. There's like yeah, there's eight mm-hmm. versions altogether. Now, so that's like, the, first, the first major though, right? Released director's cut, Blade Runner. Uh, it, was that before or after the Star Wars? I don't know if it was. Oh, oh, sure, because Brazil also he had to get. Brazil had won. a director's cut before Star Wars 2. And then Heaven's yeah. Gate, of course. Well, you, you know, the whole thing with Blade Runner is that that they initially never intended there to be a, a director's cut, but, but somebody leaked out a work print of the film from a cut that, that Ridley Scott had done. Um, and, and I guess at some point the studio said, listen, if it's already out there, we might as well let Ridley Scott do, a, do an edit. And then he did. And then he, they released that, and then he realized he didn't like it, so they did it again. <laughs> so, yeah, he kept releasing it. So, like, Lucas, you know, everybody freaked out about his redo in 97 and how it changed all this stuff, and they were so pissed. But he was actually changing those films constantly. They were re- When they were back still doing re-releases in theaters, he was making changes all the time to those prints. He was changing special effects. He was changing music. He was changing scenes. And people just didn't notice it because it was little things here and there. So the this idea that he, like, completely changed the film and it was a sacrilege is just kind of silly you know stuff like that's dumb hey chris did you want to add something oh no i was gonna say like director cut is just like a person a director's like for for the for the pg version just like their artistic vision for the r version it's like just them jerking off and showing us what they developed. It's like, hey, this is me praising myself. It's, it's like a self Yeah, it's like, uh, this is everything that I wanted in the film because I'm such an artist. But it's like, nine times out of ten, director's cuts aren't that much better than the theatrical cut. Like, you know, maybe a few scenes added here and there. Nine times out of ten, they're just longer. That's really all it is. They're not, you know, not any, that doesn't make or break the film, doesn't make it any better. I will say the Zack Snyder cut is better than the original uh, uh, Justice League, but yeah it's just it in this case it's hella long this is literally four hours (laughs) yeah it's literally four hours like you don't see the credits until uh three hours and 53 minutes so that bitch is three it's four hours you gotta sit down and be ready for that shit hey joe what do do you want to add i don't think you can count all the star wars the special editions as director cuts because he only directed the first one the other two had actually different directors, and he's going in and changing them, which is like a big, huge fuck you, if you ask me. I mean, he's all like, it's my vision and all that. Oh, if it's your vision, you should have directed it, you lazy. I mean, but is there, can you really call the Star Wars edits, other than the first Star Wars, like director's cuts? Because he's not, like, there's not like really structural changes. To those movies, other than maybe the Ewoks coming out, which uh, like the Ewoks singing and stuff they took out, but it's mostly special effects being added in mm-hmm. and just minor changes. Like, yeah, Star Wars, he does make some 
some yes. like changes that kind of yeah, go. But that's also the movie along. he directed. The other two yeah. he didn't direct. Yeah, you can't call him the director's cut anyway. Yeah, you can call, but, but, you can call him the producer stuck his fingers in his shit cut. Yeah, yeah. but those, those ones really, really <laughs> the only differences are the, the the special effects, and then like I said, the Ewoks singing scene. Got well, there's also. So the entire he redid the entire uh, singing scene in Jabba's palace and oh, a couple yeah. of other things. They added some stuff that they shot that they you know. So, <laughs> but okay. So the, most people think that the director's cut is a fairly new phenomenon. But did you guys know that in 1940, Charlie Chaplin released a new edit of his 1925 silent film, The Gold Rush, and then re-released almost all of his films in the 1970s with new edits that he completed. Did you guys know that? At I did all? not know that. Oh, no. Yeah. Very interesting, right? Yeah. So then um, I wanted, well, my next question was about um, Blade Runner, which we kind of already, you know, went over um does anybody else want to add anything about like you know some of the other ones you know like we've been talking about george lucas and then we talked about blade runner um are there any other ones that you can think of that you've enjoyed or not enjoyed uh joe um i think uh, charlie chaplin was kind of a uh, an, an anomaly because there wasn't a way to actually have media at home when he had the, when he re-released them those were re-released in the theaters back then it wasn't until we got video cassettes and DVDs and things like that. So we can have director's cuts. And let's face it, a lot of times the director's cuts or, or re-edits or what, stuff like that is just for a way for the studio to sell you another copy of a DVD you already owned. You know, and that's how that that's how that kind of worked. I mean, it started out with like the Blade Runner thing. They're like, hey, wait a minute. These guys are buying eight copies of Blade Runner. <laughs> this is a deal. Um, and that's where a lot of it uh, comes from, you know, so. And I, I can't think of, uh, I've been trying to, uh, since I knew the, the subject of today's show, I'm trying to think of a director's cut that really changed, like, like how I thought, like, about a movie or something like that. I mean, there really hasn't been that much that, like, um, it made me go, oh, my God, this is, this is so completely different, so... Mm-hmm. Okay, Pete, and then I'll go to Elizabeth. Go ahead, Pete. You know, one director that kind of, that, to me, that's embraced the director's cut a lot is is uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Um, because, I mean, he, you know, if if, if you were a fan of Apocalypse Now, um, he, when he came out with the, the, the film that he called Apocalypse Now Redux, where he added it back in all these scenes that were not in the original film. Like there's a whole like subplot where, where, um, where they go down river to this French, um, this mansion that's run, that's um, lived in by the, these French people that have been there since the, the, Fran- the French had colonized Vietnam. And it's like about a 20 minute scene um, that really just kind of plays into like, like the history of what Vietnam was like prior to um, pr- prior to the Viet Cong and everything else. And it, and it adds so much richness to the actual story, but at the same time, it, it kind of also makes you realize why they, they didn't put it in the real, in the regular movie, because it doesn't really further the plot at all. Um, but, you know, last year he put out um, his director's cut of um, Godfather three, which was the version he thought that the uh, studio should have released, but they never did. And, I watched it and I, see, I'm one of those people who liked Godfather three, regardless of what a lot of people said, but I thought the, the, the re-edit of it was, you know, was about on par with it. Like I thought that it was a little streamlined, which was good, but really the problems with that movie were going to be the problems regardless of, of any edit that they did. Um, and um, also Cotton Club. Um, Cotton Club was one of the movies that was like considered like a real 
a real miss on his part when he did it. And when he went back and re-edited it, he added in all these scenes that, that, that they'd had uh, of like uh, Gregory Hines and his brother doing like um, some of the, some of the dance routines that were done in the original cotton club. And they, he gave the film more flavor and that definitely added to the movie. So yeah, he's, he's definitely one of those guys that's, that's, that's kind of looked at his movies years later and said, these are the places where I can make changes and it works. Elizabeth. Yeah. The, uh, I mentioned it earlier, the Brazil when I think he, if I recall though, he won out in the end, at least for like a studio release with the ending he wanted, but there are a couple edits and versions that uh, force a happier ending of the story than, um, than originally intended because it's pretty bleak. And then it suddenly ends really happily. Like, you know, that's, that's a major studio interference. And then um, I was looking at a list and I realized I've only seen um, the 1954 A Star is Born with Judy Garland um, as a director's cut because there are, it restores a couple of musical numbers and there are a couple dramatic scenes that they only have stills for. They only have the audio track. <laughs> so the, so when you're watching it at Turner Classic Movies, it's really jarring for a second because you're like, wait, what's happening? Because there's just suddenly stills that they're kind of zooming and panning on to give, you know, some effect. And um, I'm not going to lie, I can't tune those scenes out, but it was a restoration that was his, I guess they lost like half an hour from the cut when it was released in in the 50s. Um, but those, like, those are the only two that really leap to mind. I feel like a lot of director's cuts that you hear about or that people want, or even just deleted scenes on like DVDs or Blu-rays, when you watch them, you kind of go, oh, okay, I got to see what I got deleted. Um, The the Donner (laughs) cut of Superman 2, which makes it a a completely different movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, but there's a controversy behind that because he had filmed half of it and then was fired. Mm-hmm. And then another director came in to finish it, which is a lot like what, what's happening now with the Schneider cut. Um, and yeah, and it's, and the same thing like the Schneider cut. It turned out to be a completely different film when he went back later, all these years later, and and cut it in. Now, granted, a lot of the the stuff in there was unfinished stuff. There was a lot of test footage stuff mm-hmm. that he used to try and put it together. So, I mean, he didn't have a whole he didn't have a whole puzzle, and so he's yeah. like cutting out pieces to fill in. Um, but at the same time, it's also not not considered that one's not considered like a huge like like most fans were really kind of met about the whole thing so uh, but yeah but that's something that was that really made a whole film completely different mm. so over the years the ugh, over the years excuse me there's been some debate about studios releasing what they call expanded editions of films can someone tell me how those differ from director's cuts what's the difference or how do you categorize them pete well, that's really kind of like the, uh, the 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 most blatant version of uh, of uh, promotionals um, marketing tools because usually what it is is it's the same movie just with scenes either extended or added scenes put in and a lot of times it's done without the uh, without the consent of the uh, of the director like there's there's like a bunch of them that that uh, you know as I was looking at stuff today about it that uh, that they just did were not happy with like. Uh, David Lynch was furious when when they went and added more material into Dune. Um, I, and honestly, if the 1984 version, which I, I think anybody who actually had to sit through the 1984 version would have been furious if they had to sit through more of it. 
Um, I was about to say, you've watched that original movie, you're like, man, I wish there was more of this movie. And there's, <laughs> and there's at least three of the Harry Potter movies that have extended versions that that um, the directors like Chris Columbus was not happy that they added um, uh, new versions of, um, of the first two films that he directed. Um, but again, it's just to get more people to buy the DVDs. Like, or like, you know, they bought the DVDs, now here comes the Blu-ray, and the Blu-ray has all these additional things. Yeah. You know, the reality of it is, the film's not shot in, in 4K. I, I don't know if anybody gets that. Films are not shot in 4K. Maybe they're starting to be now, um, but they weren't shot in 4K for, for a zillion years. And any film that you see that's on Blu-ray that they say is in 4K has been, has been upcoded to be to, to 4K, and it doesn't look right. No matter, no matter what anybody wants to say, it does not look right. And, 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 but it, so what they have to do is they have to give you something else, and so they give you these, these extended versions of the movies, and a lot of times they just they don't add to the movie they just kind of make the movie longer well pete you remember when they re-released close encounters with yeah all the stuff from the inside of the ship at the end and i think that that actually spielberg was okay with that like he he, hated it did Um, he hate it yeah, he hated he he see what happened was and again this is just because I read it earlier today when 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 the movie was was um, was in the works Columbia was in a lot of um, a lot of trouble financially and they wanted the movie to come out in the summer of seventy seven because they needed to to have the money and he wanted to push the movie back till the spring of of um, seventy eight because he had all these ideas of things he wanted to do at the end of the film. And they wouldn't let him do it. So what happened was he released the movie and kept working on it after it was released. And then when it was a huge hit, they let him go back in. But what they what they forced on him was um, that they had to have these scenes inside the um, the spaceship that he never wanted. So they released what they call the special edition version of Close Encounters. It came out in the theaters. And then like five years later, they put out another DVD version where he took out all that stuff and kept in all the stuff he added in. Right. So, yeah. I think the only extended versions anyone seems to like are the Lord of the Rings. Oh my God! Yeah, those things are, they are like longer than the actual. They're longer than the actual movies. Yeah, they're, um, they're like, the last one's almost five hours long. Oh, but people right. seem to really like it. Yeah. it's like, the, and I, th- I believe Peter Jackson was on board. Yeah, to begin with, so that's that's like the only, I'm not the only case, but one of the probably mm-hmm. the better known case of like the director being okay with it, and that that was a definite like. Yeah, the Lord of the Rings DVDs come out, and then you get the fancy extended edition. It looks like a book, and you tuck it on your shelf. It looks all nice. But I still see people to this day who are like, oh, I, I need my comfort movie. I'm going to put on all three extended editions of the Lord of the Rings. You're talking about, like, 14 hours of movie. Yeah. yeah. It's the comfort movie because it puts you in a coma. Because you're just there. <laughs> can't go anywhere. That's why it's relaxing because it puts you to sleep. I saw, yeah. Somebody I knew went to, like, uh, all-day an IV in, uh <laughs> They did like the they did the full marathon like all day screening of all three Lord of the Rings. You know, there's bathroom breaks and snacks and whatnot. But I mean, that's- uh, how when when um when Endgame came out and the and the AMC did every single Marvel movie and my friends bought tickets and went to that and they actually you went in your pajamas and it went all day and all night for two days. Ugh. That's just uh, insane. that's so much Marvel. Oh my much god, hope. that's too much. Yeah. That's that's, that's way too much devotion. I tell yeah. you what, I tell you what needs to have a director's cut is that goddamn last season of Game of Thrones. Yes, I'm still on it. Goddamn it! I no, the directors ruined it. Not yeah. those directors though. Someone yeah, else not those directors. Somebody else, else is to come and yeah, it needs to be like some somebody Zack Snyder shit come through and somebody Leave else. Redo it. The, yeah. the only movie marathons I've approved are <laughs> horror <laughs> ones. I I loved uh, the American Cinematheque. I don't know if they still do it. At least certainly not last year. 
but Dusk Till Dawn Horror Movie Marathon. I went yeah. to a couple of those. So freaking fun. The audience is nuts. Yeah. People shouting and talking and laughing and having a great time. Oh, highlight. Love it. Even Fincher's Let's season eight of Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I listen. Was like, I didn't know Jennifer yeah. Lawrence played Danny. That's <laughs> <laughs> even a wrestle. I don't know, man. Like that 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 night battle scene might actually be dope if if he does. <laughs> I worked with editors who had to crank up the brightness on their professional fucking grade equipment to see what the fuck was happening in that damn scene. I like that, though. I, that's how it needs to be. I know everybody hates that scene, but I think it was... Shit. It's, it's, supposed to be, it's supposed to be a black, dark battle. Like You're not supposed to be able to see shit. light for That's the perfect thing for television, let me tell you, is to have a battle on my screen. Yeah, that doesn't have watch another another day, right? I love it. I <laughs> now watch that show the, the day. Let's go back to Justice League. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bringing you guys back. Yep. So, <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League was released on Thursday to HBO Max. Would somebody like to explain how and why this edit came about? And also, did you guys see it? What would you think? Yes. Pete. Let's start with well, you. The, the reason why it came about is is, is uh, pretty simple. Um, he had made the the first two um, Justice League, well, like the first two DC Universe films, um, in what they were going to call the Nucanical uh, version of the of the DC. The DCEU. Yeah, the, yeah. So he had done Man of Steel, and then he did uh, Batman versus Superman: <gasps> Trial of the Century. And and so he started working on the third on the third movie, Justice League. Um, and midway through the film, well, not mid, yeah, midway through the film, his daughter committed suicide. Um, and so he kept working on the film for another couple of months because he didn't want to like stop working because he said it was kind of like cathartic for him. But when, when, uh, the studio started seeing the, the, the edits that he was doing, they thought the movie was way too dark and they had already kind of felt like the first two movies that he put out had been too dark and that that's why they hadn't done as well at the box office. So they kind of sort of suggested that maybe he takes a take a break um, so he could grieve about his daughter, which he which he agreed to. And then they brought in Joss Whedon, who'd done um, who'd created Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Firefly and then went and worked on on the people on the Marvel films. Mm -hmm. And they and they gave him, I think, 70 million dollars to to do reshoots and reedits to make the film more light um and then they also told him that the movie had to be under two hours it couldn't be more than two hours long so the movie comes out it, it's it gets ripped apart by both both critics and fans because you can clearly see that there's two different like theories of how this movie should have been in there there's some darkness and then there's these weird uncomfortable light moments like like uh that weird scene with the kid uh the kid filming superman um, and his and digitally him, removed mustache. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of like kind of like how we digitally added a mustache to him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by their standards, it made six hundred fifty million dollars, and because of the cost of what the film cost to make and the marketing, they they lost about a hundred million dollars on it. Um, and but apparently, right after the film came out, some of the actors started talking about the fact that the, that Zack Snyder's version was. Was, was so much better than than the uh, the one that came out, and then all the stuff started happening with Joss Whedon that he'd gotten in trouble for being verbally abusive towards cast to, towards people on his crews, and then there, might, there was some allegations of sexual uh, misconduct too. 
And that was more, I think, on uh, back on Buffy. That was prior yeah. allegations. Yeah. It was mostly uh, racism. Although yeah. he, he apparently made Gal Gadot uncomfortable, but yeah. she's never formally said anything about it. So I think at that point, DC just, uh, not DC, um, Warner Brothers just <laughs> distanced itself from the film, but there was just so much outcry about the Snyder Cut that it just kept going and going and going. And then he said that he came out and said, yeah, there is a cut of the film that I did. Um, and then finally, after a lot of, uh, a lot of back and forth, um, the studio came to him and wanted to allow him to release a version of the film, but with a, like a rough version without any new um, special effects in it, without, without fixing any of the things that he didn't get to shoot. Um, and he said no to that. And then I guess when they made the decision to 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 start uh, to to create HBO Max, and they were looking for content, that's they came back to him again and they said, "Would you be up for doing this?" And they ended up giving him almost a hundred million dollars. Yeah, to do a reality. Um, and they reshot it too, right? They filmed. Yeah, they shot. They shot a whole lot. And 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 I'll tell you, I mean, you know, and I'm Joe. Did we see the, Did we see that movie together, Justice League? We we uh, no we saw Man of Steel together. Yeah, I, I know we it. saw that, and I and I fucking hated I hated uh, Man of Steel. I hated uh, Batman versus. Oh, Superman. hated that. I, I think I we saw that together. Too. Yeah, and Martha. I hated, oh my Martha. god, Martha. 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 And, and I hated Justice League, and I said that through the the the, uh, the new version the other day. And and honestly, I think it might be the best comic book movie ever made after watching. I keep hearing it's a more coherent film because yeah, I saw. I have only seen Justice League, and I and I with friends, and I was like, I okay, sure. And you I'm not that is, like deep in the mythology. The you know what it is? It's it's that like I think the problem for most most of these uh, these superhero films is that after you get past the origin story, there's no more character building, and mm-hmm. this movie is now eighty percent character building. Like there's like because you've got the plots, you know, like the 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 the, the you've got a villain, you've got all the stuff like the stuff that has to happen, but there's so much building of the characters, and it and it creates so much emotional resonance that the film the original film didn't have. That like I I sat through the movie, and yeah, it is really long. Like at one point, Veronica um, called me up to have some uh, to have dinner, and I thought I was about two and a half hours into the movie. I was only ninety minutes in. I still had two and a half hours to Boy, go. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, but man, it. I mean, I watched the entire movie, and and I, I I do think it might be the best comic film I've ever seen. You think it's better um, than Winter Soldier? I think you know what it's it's hard to describe because if you're going to take a movie as dark as you could possibly take it, and you can kind of accept that idea, like if you if like like I think the problem you and I had when we saw Man of Steel was that it was just. There was no joy in being Superman. Like it was yeah. just so, but like when you get to the point now where you say, okay, these are tortured souls, um, who are doing something that they probably don't want to do, but they have, but they feel like they have this, 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 um, the urgency to have to do it. And it, and now you can kind of see like how it, how it affects the, their lives because it's kind of given more time to grow. You really get a different understanding of it. It's, I mean, to me still like Ezra Miller is still the best part of the movie because he, his, his comic, uh, comic timing is really good. And, and he kind of adds like levity, levity to the darkness. But I thought Ben Affleck was great in this. Like, like I, and I, and I usually cannot, cannot understand why Ben Affleck is, is so bad um playing like batman like i didn't understand it, but he's he's great i thought jeremy irons is great in it. like he had so many more scenes 
Uh, like, I just, I really, I was blown away by how good it was. And, and so, I mean, as far as this director's cut, this is the best one I, I, I think that's ever been done. And it's sad because it sets up so well for more movies that are never going to get made now. Mm. Chris. Uh, so, first off, I'm sick of the Batman slander. Ben Affleck is a good goddamn Batman. I'm sick of everybody talking shit that he isn't. I know you were saying I know you didn't say it. I'm just saying in general. He is a good Batman. Those scenes, even though uh, 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 Batman vs. Superman was a garbage movie, the fight scenes with him doing Batman shit were fucking awesome. You can't take that away from that movie. Those scenes were fucking dope. Secondly, this version is so much better because it's the version that we were supposed to get because you know, the, the DCEU is, is trying to do the opposite of what Marvel was doing and didn't have a bunch of origin story movies, which that's what they needed for this. Like, for the original version of of uh, uh, Justice League that we got, they needed origin movies. And since they didn't go that route, they left a lot of people's stories out. More specifically, Cyborg's story. He's the most complex character in the Justice League story. And the fact that he only had, like, two scenes in the original compared to what he had in this one, it's it completely changes the entire theme of it changes his entire character and changes yeah, and his, him face and his and dad that, that yeah him and his dad it, it ties in the whole story as yeah. well. It really I can't say enough about it. I, I mean yeah. I and I wanted trust me I wanted to hate it. Like I wanted to hate the fact that it was four hours. I wanted to hate the movie. But yeah, it yeah. It, it, it works on every I mean like the stuff that you knew was bad when you saw it the first time, some yeah. of it you can't fix. Right. You know, because it's just it's just there. But but yeah. like the thing that I hated most originally was just how reliant on CGI they were in the first the first time I saw it. Yeah. And now because there's so much character building, the CGI kind of comes in spurts now. So it's not it's not like 75% of the movie looks like a computer game. Now it's like a smaller percentage of it. Yeah. And when it's on screen, 70%. they actually build it more. So it's it mm-hmm. really I, I I can't say enough good things about it. And I usually don't say good things about anything. So. And I will say this though. Yeah, 20 minutes of that movie could be tacked off without the slow-mo. Like, he really mm-hmm. went in on the slow-mo. He snidered the fuck out with the slow-mo. Like, that, the, like the scene when, he when, he's on the, the, when he's on the, the, the dock and the water's hitting Aquaman, we didn't need like a whole minute of slow motion of the water like crashing. It's like a the, Calvin Klein commercial. Like, mm-hmm. looking sexy. Like, we get it. Jason some people, was hot. Some people like, need that. that. <laughs> yeah. Elizabeth, okay, for Elizabeth, then I guess it's okay. There's a, there a, <laughs> there a lot of scenes of like Aquaman's in the water, but you're yeah, gonna get wet. But you're gonna yeah. get wet. Hey, get oh, wet. and I also have to That's say right. that, 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 that wait, wait, wait. I also gotta talk about that. It's so funny. I don't know why they didn't reshoot this or like maybe do like ADR or something like that, but for some reason in Justice League, Amanda Heard has a or Amber Heard has a, a British accent. <laughs> It's weird. She's just like she's like hella British in this. Is movie. it because she can't act? Yeah. Say what? Is it because she can't actually act? No, I think because they initially when they did Justice League, they probably she's had very gonna be British. being like yeah, you know yeah. super proper because they're all royals, like all right, these are royals right. underwater. So like I think they wanted her to be, and then they realized that nobody was fucking with that, and then they did Aquaman and she was never. Yeah, they're like they're from the British part of underwater. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other the other thing that I'm I, from the English Channel. 
They took out the soundtrack that Danny Elfman had done for it, and they put back the original um, Junkie oh. XL soundtrack that I guess it, it had been done. And I got to say, Wonder Woman has the most badass um, uh, theme song of any of any superhero character ever. That whole <laughs> thing that yeah. that they do whenever she does it—it's it, just fucking nuts. Yeah. I mean, it's so good. Okay, Joe, I'm going to ask my final question. Go ahead, Joe. Um, uh, first of all, I'm going to say I have not seen this movie yet. I am um, uh, Zack Snyder with uh, the DCU one. I actually created a – there's a term for it called grimdark, um, which I am not a huge fan of. Um, I've always been much more of a Marvel fan. But I do think it's interesting because um, both of these comics, uh, if you go by that, they're, they're kind of going by the way they were in the books. Marvel was always brighter. It was always kind of a little bit tongue in cheek. That's true. It was always like, yeah, you know what's going on. And DC was always kind of darker. It was always trying to be a little bit grittier. Um, but at the same time, I'm also like, like I, I think it's interesting that that comes out that the the Snyder Cut comes out almost the exact same time as this new show that Marvel has called um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is about those the, those two heroes. Now they're they're having reality like smack him in the face too. But it's such a different way of doing it. Falcon um, got denied a fucking bank loan. He got yeah, I know. That means the Avengers haven't been getting paid this whole fucking time. I was thinking about that too. I was like, how much money do they not get paid being Avengers? Like, I feel like they have speaking of fucking billionaires. Like, speaking of billionaires, right? Easily bankrolled that. You know what? Hey, you know what? Tony Stark should have started a GoFundMe. Yeah, he's dead. I know he's dead. and he's dead. He's dead in this, but. I mean, uh, they were getting like room and board and shit. So Tony Stark's like, "Hey, I'll give you a little pocket money." Wait, wait, wait! He he had a philanthropist moment. Remember in, in the Iron Man two, he donated all that money to the MIT students. I, lo- I love that. It's like it's like everyone in in in, uh, in the Marvel used to drive around at Audis. Tony Stark's dead, and now like Falcon has a beat up old Dodge pickup. Those free Audis went away real quick. Yeah. Basically, all the Avengers needed to just apply for research. But, but I mean, the point being that, is that, well, is that well, um, you know, I think it's weird that we've gone through a pandemic and now we're seeing our heroes in very, very like dark, uh, mm. grim, like 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 the DCEU guys. None of them, most of none of them, don't want to do it. Like they feel like they have to do it, which is kind of. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of want my heroes to still want to do it, but. Uh, I'll, tell you yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I've got to prep myself to see this movie. It's four something hours with no intermission. I mean, I remember back in the day when, when long movies had an intermission that I could get up and go take a stretch, maybe take a pee. But now they have a pause button, so I guess you can just do that. Oh no, I own I own a copy of Grand Prix that I love and, and they, that has the intermission in it too. So <laughs> Lawrence of Arabia is really long. It's broken yeah. up though. Like <laughs> so there's like literally like the first first thirty minutes it's like part one and then like yeah, after they, that it's like another hour. Yeah. Just like parts. Mm-hmm. There's always, like you pause it at certain yeah. moments without missing anything. Yeah. Well I'll I'll give it a try, I guess. Yeah, I'm telling you, see any miscon any preconceptions you come in with, it it you'll they'll change. Yeah. Why is it in four by three though? Well, because it was filmed in IMAX. If if you if, oh, you, had, okay. if you had it on a, an IMAX screen, oh, it would okay. take up the whole center of the screen like like yeah. IMAX does. Gotcha, That's gotcha. why he did it that way. But it, but I, you know what? It's a little disturbing at first. But I, we I watched it in uh, on the Oculus, so I was in a theater watching it, oh, and, awesome. and after a while, you just kind of get used to it. 
Does everybody know that that Superman's name is Martha in this movie at this point? Do, Martha. do we know that? Or we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, yeah. I had to. I had to plug. Batman's still branding people because I had to. <laughs> I had to plug Chris's Superman's mind. A gangster in this movie in this version. Like, <laughs> Superman's a wild gangster in this one. Chris and I appeared on a, a podcast uh, with the crush with the crush fictionally gals who were on our, on this podcast, and we talked about our favorite masked uh, heroes. And I chose Batman, and then I wouldn't stop going, Rachel! Rachel! Where's Rachel? You should listen for my beautiful impression that is totally useless because I'm like, girl! That's always my issue because the (laughs) the, the, the Nolan Batmans did really well because he did them the way Batman. Batman's always been kind of dark. Yeah, and then Warner Brothers said, "Let's make everybody dark," and it's like, "No!" <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, it really even that fucking Shazam movie, which was like pretty fun and lighthearted, started real fucking intense yeah. with like a major I, car I accident. Under, I couldn't it understand really that did. movie because, like, like it's it looks like, oh, okay, this is going to be fun. This is a kind yeah. of DC movie I can bring my kids. And then all of a sudden, the villain comes in and throws uh, throws an entire like like off my board out a window. It's yeah. like what? <laughs> it has a my, I, I saw it with my friend. At a press screening, and there were like people who had brought their kids, and I was watching one dad out of the corner of my eye keep looking at his kid, like, "Are we all right? We cool?" Like, is this <laughs> and then it was I great could... until Mark Strong is like, "Oh look, CGI demons! They're going to eat all of you!" Yeah, and then it was like, <laughs> "Oh no, <laughs> you had and me, I, uh, they did... you pulled the rug out." <laughs> at least one kid got, got just carried out of the movie. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not. Yeah, you fucking nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, when we do the four-hour cut of the uh, of of the, <laughs> of the conversation, can you about... save this for the director's cut of TMI Daily? <laughs> so I guess I want to I want to ask you probably the most important question for tonight, and our final question. So, whose vision of a movie is a definitive one, in your opinion? The version that is released at the theaters or the director's cut, if they differ? Let's start with you, Joe. What's your opinion All right, on that? So, here's my theory on this. The one that's released in the theater is is it because without that you would not have had like if the movie flops or something like that you would not have the the fan following to get a director's cut. That was the movie that you fell in love with. That was the movie you first saw and was like you became a fan of. That was a movie that you said, "Oh my gosh, I need more of this." And to me, to me, that's because I am I, I love going to the theater to see old movies and stuff like that. And I'm always like, I want to see the theater cut. I want to see what everybody first got to experience. And I think to me, that's that's the initial cut. That's the one because that's the one that made you a fan. That's the one that you connect with. Yes, you know, you remember when you first saw the movie. Okay, I'm just gonna go down, Elizabeth. What about you? Um, what do you think? I like that argument. I mean, yeah, I because sometimes um, because it's it's hard because it's a it's a collaborative, it's a group thing. As much as people want to like make directors the auteur the only one who's driving the ship the entire time it discounts the screenwriter the actors the whole any all the other creative teams so i think yeah i'll come down on the side actually of the studio in that case because it you know films are a collaborative thing not one person is responsible for the overall thing you know performance matters words matter art direction all that matters so yeah pete what about you well, I, I mean, I think that you got to look at it in two different ways. If you're a, a moviegoer, then yeah, the theater, the theater cut is the definitive movie because it's the movie you know. Um, but from an artistic uh, point of view, I think it's really, it really comes down to 
if the film was not was not released the way that that, that whoever had made the movie had intended it to be then then I would think that the final version that they put out is better because I, I mean like I, I I loved I loved Blade Runner when I first saw it when it first, when it came out but I, I I saw the the one of the versions of the final cut of the actual one that that Ridley Scott calls the final cut and I think it's it's so much better than than the original version um, and that's because that's what he wanted to do but the studio meddled with it same thing like with with Justice League the studio meddled with the film and and I like this version better so I really think if it's if there's not if it's just a question of adding a few scenes to make it to to make it longer give give uh, you know people more reason to buy another one then then no but if but if the, if like you know like like with the Richard Donner version of Superman 2 if there's a version of a film that the director never felt was the one he would put his stamp on then then I would go with what what the director releases as the as a definitive version. Okay, Chris, what about you? Uh I think it's case by case. Um I think it's it's that's really what it's about like with every movie because there are some movies where like, you know, they do have a director's cut and things that were left out were actually very uh groundbreaking to the performance of like the actors and the movie itself, you know, things of that nature. So I think it's all different. Like if, you know, we're comparing, you know, I mean, we look at, you know, we're talking about just a minute ago, Justice League from uh, 2017 to this new version. It's a completely different movie. It's a way more, like I connect way more with this movie now than I did in the original version. So it's just case by case. And if it's not just the director, just like trying to show like, I don't know, like yeah. it's like if it's not self-serving then it it, it it usually ends up being better i think if you're like if you're also like a fan of a certain genre you know yes. that's one that you might mm-hmm. want to dig into a little bit deeper yeah. so i'm right there with you too i think it definitely depends on the film right. and Ian. i think it depends on the director honestly i mean i think i i'm not a fan of Zack snyder um i hated justice league when it first came out i kind of hate watched it i thought it was terrible um, but at the same time, he didn't, it wasn't really his film. Joss Whedon redid a lot of it and mm-hmm. cut a lot of it. It cut a lot of stuff that should have been cut because a lot of things didn't make sense. So as in this case, I think the director's cut is definitive because it actually makes, it's cohesive, it makes sense from start to end. Still not, I don't think it's a great film still, but, but then there's, you know, there's sometimes the studio meddles and ruins it, but then sometimes the director's just not that good or they really make a misfire on a film and the studio has to come in and rescue it. I mean, that's uh, Solo was actually, they actually fired the directors and brought in oh, yeah. Howard because it was, I guess it was a train wreck. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll yeah. never know for sure, but who knows what would happened if they brought that out, you know? So it's just, I think it just kind of depends on actually, the director, actually- like... Josh Trank, Fantastic Four, that was a terrible movie, but he blames the studio for meddling. Other people say he was a terrible director and a pain in the ass to work with. So it's all, you know, anybody can make any claims, but I think it really depends on the director and how good they are, you know. I would actually like to see the Lord and Miller cut of Solo, because I I heard that it wasn't necessarily a bad movie, that it wasn't a very Star Wars-y movie. Yeah, that's what I heard, Because it was was a lot lot funnier, a lot quippier, and things like that. I think I'd actually like to see that one. I think. I well, I mean, really Solo wasn't good, so I, yeah, I couldn't probably make much worse. Solo wasn't good as a Star Wars movie, but I think if it would have came out without Star Wars on it, and it would have been like just like an the independent space like space movie, yes. I think it would have done better. I don't think people would be talking about it, now, but I think it yeah, been I, you know, I saw it and I was like, "It's just fine. It's not yeah. great, but it was fine. Like, like it. it's they not did. a good Star Wars movie, but that's what it is. But I think that's why Lauren Miller were fired because they're like." This isn't a Star Wars movie, but I heard two like hours really, to I heard their cut's really run. good. So yeah, 
Well, I, I can't believe it took us a year to get this nerdy. <laughs> we, we really hit our nerd stride today. We're waiting all year for this. What else is there? It's case Don't by worry, case. Veronica. Eventually, they're going to come out with a big five-hour concert film of New Kids on the Block, and you can Veronica, be wait, talking all day. <laughs> I, would love, I would love to see the director's cut of Hairspray. <laughs> that would be fire. That would be good. The new Hairspray. I, I yeah. love the Zac Efron Hairspray movie. Yeah. I'd, I'd watch that. If I'd... that comes out, I'll be totally nerding out with mm-hmm. you guys, too. <laughs> Yeah. What were you saying, Pete? Before I we said, go? don't we have don't we have a boy band discussion tomorrow well, <laughs> or something like? That? Yeah. So speaking of, <laughs> that's our show for tonight. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. And tomorrow we'll be talking boy bands with the host of the podcast, the Bad Boys of Pop. And maybe we can finally settle this once and for all. K-pop, good or not so good? What? <laughs> good. We'll see you back here again tomorrow at six p.m. Bye, everyone. Have a good night and stay safe. Go to Flappers.